something's happening. YouTube has connected. Ladies and gents, please oh, welcome exciting. getting belted with me. He's a hell of a G. He's Bella the Ball. It's John L of the C. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that was really weird <laughs> but that was good i still like yeah it. I, knew it was fake, but I, still I thought of it earlier it. you know when i was getting ready and i thought i'll surprise him with this little sort of shit rap smashed That's smashed it. it i was trying to make the chat jump out on uh i can't see the chat at the moment on oh, right. youtube so i'm going to shut it in, in a minute I can't see. um how are yeah. you doing how's your yes. week been uh really good week actually um Working hard. I work in vaping, as only viewers of this show would know, and everybody on my other side of doing things. And um, yeah, we imported some things in from China, and they and they Good. went really well. Which is yeah. uh, it's a gamble sometimes. My Isn't week it? has been. How's your week been? My week's been uh, all right. Yeah, I've been you know working hard i started a new job recently so that's been taking up a lot of my time as you would expect is that a new new job or just uh, a new I job is that the same there... new job when did i start two months ago uh so oh yeah no that's the yeah. same new job really so it's about. um so that's that's cool it's all <laughs> moving along quite nicely and uh trying to think like what else what else is i don't think anything interesting has happened to me or my family at all for longer than a week or two like the last thing <laughs> was uh there was a suspected couple of covid cases in my son's class um but that's old news now it's very i mean it's not fashionable at the moment to get COVID, no so it's funny how far we've come with you know like do you remember when it was it was coronavirus rather than covid and then it was like covid19 and now it's just co oh yeah we've got a couple of cases of covid in our class but like right at the beginning of the pandemic everyone was so freaked out and overzealous about it and now i just feel like the wind i don't think it's i don't think it's overzealous i think it's correctly scared of a contagious and deadly I, virus i think that's fine i i'd rather yeah, people over i agree <laughs> that you should be very very vigilant and that the danger hasn't gone away and we're definitely still within the grip of a, a pandemic but i just mean like societally not as much now but i meant i meant at the beginning i don't think that's overzealousness okay. i think it's yeah. fine fine it's quite... uh, overzealous is probably the I, find it... I was gonna say i find it weird that the advice now people have actually just forgotten it my friend got covid the other week no, a few months ago, it was really bad, like you. It's just after you'd had it, actually. And I said, um, uh, don't forget, it's easy to, don't forget, don't take ibuprofen. And he went, why don't you take ibuprofen? I said, no, you can't. Don't do that. Just take paracetamol. That's yeah. one of the guidelines. You sure that's still a thing? I don't think that changes, mate. <laughs> I think it's the same. I think don't take it. Just just take, yeah. just take paracetamol. Oh, all right, then. I never knew. There were never knew, I've never known another illness where people are just got. It's become so every day that people are like, I forgot most of the rules now. What yeah, I, I mean that's that's yeah. sort of what I'm getting at really is that societally we like culturally now we've we've taken our foot so far off the gas. Like people, do, like I went into London yesterday and no one was <laughs> fucking wearing a mask and all the pubs and restaurants were fucking rammed and people were just like, you know, squeezing past each other and breathing on each other. And it's like, I know we have to get back to normal. And there's a part of me, no. if I'm really brutally honest, it's like, I'm, you know, I missed this. I missed the hustle and bustle, but, but I'm, I'm also like, this feels really dangerous. Like, are we just 
pretending this doesn't exist now? <laughs> I think that is what it is. I saw there was a figure came out yesterday because yeah, um, you know when you tell people, yeah, you should really wear a mask. Um, they've always kind of thrown it, tried to chuck it in your face, but it actually uh, peer-reviewed um, bit came out yesterday saying it is the your chance of catching COVID drops by fifty-three percent, like in yeah. a room with people with masks on. So you're half it by wearing a mask. And you think that's that's good. That that's a good you know, yeah. some people go, ah, fuck it then. Fifty <laughs> fifty. Yeah. yeah. No, but, I, I was no. listening to uh talk radio this morning. Was it this morning or this afternoon, I think? And uh there was there was some guy on there, I think he was a guest on Mikey Graham's show, and uh he was saying he was just being really simplistic about mask wearing and about left-leaning uh personalities and faces like being like like you and i are where we would say well you know it would be good if you wore a mask because you'll cut transmission and um it's better like if you are infected or you are trans like passing it on to people it's better if you wear a mask because they're less likely to breathe it in and so that's the decent courteous thing to do that's where we're coming from on it but this guy on talk radio was just like well you know i hear a lot of these left lefty voices and and you know they don't they, they're always telling us about the science they always come back to us to listen to the science well you know one minute you're telling us that kids can't get covid and the next minute you're saying you've got to send them all back to school wearing masks little children wearing masks you know you tell us science and now you're telling us this like you know uh president biden's been double jabbed but yeah he's still walking around wearing a mask. and i'm like oh my fucking christ like we're we're over 18 months into this now. Like, how are these people still this fucking... I was screaming yeah. at my car radio going like, because you're not going to transmit it so easily. When did you the... fucking bellend. There's a kind of, I remember years ago, right? If you hear this in isolation, it doesn't make any sense at all, which was somebody said, uh, I can't remember who the interview was, was with, and they said, the trouble that a lot of people have got is that the truth leans left. And I was like, well, no, the truth is the truth. And then I was like, the truth can't leak. No, okay, no, it makes sense. Because <laughs> there's no only... Because, like, that prat, if you take that in isolation, oh, bloody lefties going about masks. What? That's, that's got nothing to do with leaning left or socialism or anything like that. What the fuck are you on about? And then you go, oh, no, no, I get it. No, no, I know what you mean now. What you're actually meaning is that these people who just... What they do is they go out and they try to find what is the reality of a situation. And then all they do... Because the truth and maths and physics don't change, all they do is they repeat those things. And then somebody goes, oh, that's your opinion. No, 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 it's not. It's not my opinion. Yeah. I couldn't give a shit. I'm telling you, this I is what the, this says. It's, it is that, but I think it's also uh, people, whether you're talking about masks or if you're talking about a refusal to get jabbed or if you're talking about burying your head in the sand about something like Brexit, uh, I think whatever the divisive topic is, there is a, roughly about half the population who are actually willing to stand there and say, no, I'm not getting on board with that because it's inconvenient to me right at this moment. And it's, it is as simple as that. They, like, it's inconvenient for them to wear a mask. It's inconvenient for them to bother to go and get the jab. Uh, and maybe there's a bit of ego to it as well. Like they like to feel like they're a freedom fighter. Like, no, you can't force me to take a jab. I will stand up against this tyranny. And it's the same with like the, the EU and the masks but, and the jab. But if you accept, but we can we can even make this like ridiculous. You can make so the more you kind of expand on it, the more stupid it becomes. So 
somebody was saying the other day that uh, there was a fishmonger walking. I can't remember if she was now. London. It could have been one of the other major cities. I got a feeling it was London, and she had a cart full of fish that we normally export that doesn't sell here. One of them being cuttlefish, uh, and another one being a fish called gurnard. So we sell a lot of gurnard to the French, and this is like Dorset. We have lots of gurnard. They're really easy to catch, but they're a pain in the ass to chop up. And fuck. But anyway, French people love them. cuttlefish. Are Weirdly uglier than um, uh, squid. They taste. You'd never tell the difference if you fried it up. It'd be fine. Um, and she was trying to. And she was saying to people, "Do you know what this is?" And there we go. I don't know what that is. What's that? That's a cuttlefish. <laughs> what is a cuttlefish? No, it's like a squid. You know. And then again, and this is a gurnard, right? Which is an orange fish. That's all it is. It's yeah. a fish, but it's orange. And people are going, oh, "I don't know." What do you mean? <laughs> Lick it, <laughs> but. Do you know what the weird thing is? You could then, in a few years, like, um, if that person was then, if we turn that into, so we know Brexit's happened, we know we can't change it, and we go, okay, so maybe it's a good idea that we start eating these fish because these people, were, they're going to catch them anyway, and they're going to die because we're going to drag them up from the seabed, and their swim bladder will explode, so you might as well right. eat them. And, you know, you were going on about British jobs for British people, and they'll go, oh, I don't want any of your bloody lefty gurnard. Yeah. No, 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 no. What? It's like, what the fuck? You've said this is the situation, and we're going, okay, yeah. let's work with it. We need to eat these orange fish. I'm not eating any yeah. of your bloody well, what they would actually fish. do? What they would do is they would say that that's what Europeans eat. They'd be like, I'm not eating that shit. Like, that's what... Uh, yeah. you, weren't you selling that to France before? Yeah, well, I don't want that fucking frog bullshit. Yeah. Dirty bastards. Um, that's such an odd thing that, 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 that there's like a... That you could make a fish political. Well, <laughs> like, you know, don't, like don't rule it out. Because if it's the choice between seeing like 10,000 tonnes of fish dumped somewhere and watching them rot while waving a fucking flag and pretending that it's some there's some point to be made there about <laughs> patriotism, then they'll do that rather than eat the thing that, that was destined yeah. to go to the European mainland. I've got no doubt about it. I find it just a gobsmack. It's like the the French. Uh, every time I try to explain the French blockading um, fishing ports, people are, they're like, "Oh, are they stopping them land?" I go, "No, no, they're delaying it because they can just drop the box price." What do you mean? I said, "Well, think of a fish market like a stock market. The fish, the, it's worth more the faster you get it in, right? And so if you knock the box price down, the, the, the fishermen won't want to land it there because there's no point because they'll get blocked. They get held outside for two days and." Two how days, how fish. dare you, know, you come on here hole. with your your common sense logic time <laughs> frames? I don't want to hear any of that fucking lefty logic. I'm bloody yeah yeah. Bloody this, Frenchies. This is the thing though, like you fishermen. can't you can't communicate that sort of logic and and sense to somebody like like for example Mikey Graham or like the callers that he gets to his show because it's too complex. What they need is a simple yeah. story that involves good versus evil. And the right, this is why I think like the left has the logic, because the right will serve that up to them in spades. They'll just say the EU are evil. They're an overarching. Yeah, yeah. And they're going, they're, going, they're literally trying to make it sound like um, that these fishermen are almost kidnapped, that they're block, blocked in. And they're like, no, 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 no. Right. They're the blockade. It's not like what you think. They just don't want to bash their boat. If you're a British fisherman, you've got a trawler. You don't want to get a fucking hole in it. That, so they're not going to just rush forward. Um, it's pointless. 
And the French don't want to hurt anybody. They just want to drop your price down so that you get what you're... They feel that your yeah. government are taking the piss and they're going to teach you a lesson, but hit you in the wallet. Yeah. That's all they're doing. That's, but they won't hear life. any of that. Like, all, all they'll hear is just, oh, the, yeah. the arrogant French and the evil EU and, you know. I know. I think one of the last times I was on with you, Aid, um, I think they'd done... Oh, no, maybe it was some... Uh, I can't remember. Um the British press were making out that we were sending a frigate out to, um, right. like, Jersey. And I was like, no, 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 it's just a patrol boat. Oh, they've got guns on it. No, they haven't. What do you think they're going to do? Rake the fucking French tournament with a minigun? <laughs> like, pfft, just take them? Yeah. No. And they were like, we should, we should send the fucking HMS fucking Queen Elizabeth's bumhole out there. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Why not? I mean, they... But that's the thing, like, they would love that shit. They're so drunk on, like, Blitz Spirit and, uh, uh, like, the Red Arrows and fucking, like, Pints of Ale and this sort of, there's there's a, I suppose the cliche that's wheeled out uh, among left-leaning circles is that they sort of, they idealise and fantasise about this dreamy, great britain period that actually never was like if you go back to the yeah i do i do agree it's never happened and and the other thing i don't know how you, i think you'll you know, i think you'll go along with me on this I, I, a couple of times it's come up on tiktok particularly when people have gone why do you call yourself lefty no i don't you did so i turned in kurt skid and went okay i'm lefty then because you're just doing that i'm just saying this is what i think is mm. fine and you think that sticks within those that centre of things? So fine, I, that's fine. So all I've actually done is take your ammunition. Like I said, I really don't care. This... I really don't care. Just call me John. It's a lot more simple. Is this lefty wanker? John, simple, it... one syllable. Like um, that Eminem song, like the, the concept behind the Eminem song, "The Way I Am." I think it's that one anyway, where he says. Like the, the the premise of it is basically like what like whatever you say I am that's what I'm going to be 110 percent like to you. So if you say that I'm yeah. annoying or blah blah blah, yeah, I'm yeah, going to go out of my way to be really fucking annoying to you. So oh, you definitely do that as well. If somebody says, if I know, I, I once said to my wife, somebody said that they they they, they were I, I was being particularly annoying, um, because her husband had just said. Did you see that uh, program the other day about the moon? I said, "Oh, what was it about?" And they said, "Oh, we didn't actually land on the moon." Oh, I, mean, oh, I really, I really just can't be bothered. It was really, really boring. I know you think it is. A, it's really cliche and it's really, really stupid. And I'll just tell you now: we have the technology to land on the moon, but we didn't have the technology to fake landed on the moon. Right? It's that simple. I, I know you just saw a lot of a wank about it, and I, I don't mean to be dismissive, but I just don't want to have the conversation because I feel I'll be thicker <laughs> by the end of it. So can we just end? And his wife then said, "She just." really curtly said i've do you know what? i'll be honest i've never liked you and i went excellent and then when we left my wife says that you didn't even flinch and i said oh no that was before that was me trying now all the now all the rules are gone like i don't give a fuck anymore like because i already didn't fucking like you but i had the good yeah. grace not to tell you you've done it you've done it now if you thought i was bad before fuck it Nothing to lose. You don't like yeah. me anyway. I don't give a shit. I, I suppose it's sort of... I think we've touched on this before. I don't think it was in a podcast. I think it was when we were we were voice noting about something. And I was saying to you how, like, there was a group of people that me and my girlfriend sort of became friendly with. And I just felt like 
all of the all of the guys in the group this is probably like my own insecurities that are coming out with bashing symbols here but like i just felt like whenever i talked to any of the guys they weren't really interested in anything i had to say they were just sort of being polite nodding along <laughs> none of them ever seemed sort of like pleased or excited to see me and like i i remember saying this to you before i was like and that's fine like you don't have to, like nobody has to i'm not expecting everyone to be like oh my god he said oh it's amazing to see but equally like in in reciprocation of that i you can't expect me to then fucking rearrange my plans to go and hang out with them and like oh yeah but please can i come and see this cunt yeah, again that's okay. obviously not interested in a fucking word i have to say like so it's kind of like you know you don't have to like me or think, listen to me, but equally I'm because you're not you're no. not a laddie lad either. So I always get that like if somebody starts they get, and they can feel it coming off me as well. Like I know they, I very rarely get asked about football. Everybody just assumes immediately it's like there's no way that likes football. No, like I just I don't need to say it. I'm not going to like football. Um, yeah, so it doesn't come up. But yeah. I would see uh, one of our, our mutual friend of ours, um, mm. Bedhead on TikTok. He's recently done videos about uh, what it's like being over 30 and not seeing your friend. But I kind of have like a polar opposite thing with that, whereas I cannot see a very good friend of mine for like 15 years. And then because just it, that's the way it works, they don't so they're doing this or we've got other shit going on or whatever. But when we do, it's like it just there's no pause nothing it's just back in the room everything's exactly yeah. the same my mate i was at a funeral a couple of years ago my mate did the most brilliant thing it just i think he kind of knew i'd be the kind of person who'd like it he was stood there just chatting having a drink after the funeral and that and i felt he's a fucking massive monster this my mate joe i felt a hand grip me yeah. in my bicep and give my arm a squeeze and i looked at him and he went just checking your reel. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> that was all he did. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really lovely. It was like, all right, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I haven't seen him in 10 years. We no, that's nice. Difference. Our mate had died. So we go back, you know, he's just putting yeah. blue stuff I think, together. I think, so I've got a couple of mates like that. And uh, uh, we used to call each other like grufties that was the word back in the day it was like you you like you you've got mates and then you've got mates of mates and different circles of friends and periphery figures and all that stuff but your grufties are your like hardcore like like bffs who you can literally just sit back with a beer not say a fucking word to them almost and then and it, but it's just you know there's no pressure it's just you know you just you can always phone them up and get smashed together and it doesn't matter how long it's been I'm still confident now. You know, I could, I could phone I like them up that. and then go and grab a beer, and it would be like no time has passed at all. We just pick up where we left off. Yeah, I think that. But I think as well, I think it's there's an acceptance to that as well because I've never had like I'm not one of those people with like twenty mates. I just not. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't really make any difference. I just. I'll see somebody when I see him and it falls straight back into place. Oh, yeah, I'm fine with that. I think that's the thing about being 40 is that yeah. I don't... Oh, all right. Yeah, I think that's, that, that's an important point too is it's sort of when you're, when you're younger, you obviously catch up with your friends a lot more often. Then when you get to sort of 40, 41, you see your friends less often, but A, you're sort of so relaxed by that point that kind of catching up with everyone all the time like every week it's kind of like i don't give a fuck too much anymore 
um but it's also <laughs> a little bit of like you know it doesn't matter That's if like... it's five years or ten years or or so like most of my like the the, the two guys i was oh. talking about earlier my my grufties if you like neither one of them have children and uh uh that's caused quite like i i don't see them really ever now as a as a direct result <laughs> of me having kids but i think that sort of amplifies it, it like yeah, then I when see, i do see yeah. it you know i can see that on the other side because we, we don't have kids so i i i'm on I, I can kind of go yeah yeah my one of my best female friends um i won't say her name just in case she ever goop like goes Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> um, but I rarely see it. We have a tradition where on New Year's Eve, we always send each other a... Um, evening, Ben, we always send each other a message. Like, we've yeah. always sent each other a message. Like, it, it started when the text messages... Do you remember when the, when the phone yeah. system collapsed on New Year's Eve? At, like, about 11 o'clock till about 1, it would collapse, and then the messages would come in like for hours and hours and hours. So the tradition was I'd normally send her a message about three o'clock in the afternoon on New Year's Eve and just say, before the networks get busy, blah, 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 blah. And it's just carried on for like 20 years. We send each other a message on New Year's Eve. But it doesn't really matter that we don't see each other, but that's the kid thing. But it's her, it's them. We don't see them because they've got kids and they can't leave the house and, and uh, you know, et cetera, think, et cetera. And, yeah. Yeah, I, is, I think it's, you, you almost have to, like you as the parent you have to make a hundred times the effort and arrangement and all that shit to go and catch up with these people but then it also takes a lot of organization on the other on the people who don't have kids uh and then as the parent you feel like i I feel guilty getting people who don't have kids to then make their arrangements around us they don't really mind i honestly just from our side of things we don't mind i don't like the um <laughs> an ex-boss of mine can you... I once. Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. It's YouTube. Oh, I right, call yeah. him a cunt because um, we were talking about something, and he said, um, and he said, the thing is, John, uh, you wouldn't understand that. I went, go on, finish it, finish it, finish it. I wouldn't understand because I haven't got kids. I know what you mean because I don't understand what kids are. I, I actually drowned one the other day. I just haven't got one. I didn't know what you do with them. So we were just walking past. I just a drain and it scrambled all around a bit and dumped it till it stopped you're not supposed to do that and he went uh, and i said the thing is that's such it's just such a cliched piece of bullshit it's just total nonsense well it, it is <laughs> it really it, is. like this this you never say that you know when somebody says it about a teacher i always think are you a dipshit like that woman's got like 20 years experience with five-year-olds and you've gone you wouldn't understand. It's like, oh my yeah. god. I mean, so when when people say shit like <laughs> you just don't, you won't understand until you have one of your own, like that sort of stuff. I do, I I understand where you're coming from. Like, there's a lot that you can understand when you don't have a kid, but there is something about the dynamic of having something that you are hundred percent responsible for. That if you if you fuck up, it's like permanent trauma and damage to them and and you have to protect them and you have to like and and all the responsibility that goes around looking after these two little creatures of love if you go down that route though then you end up with nutbags who think they've, they've got a fur baby but that's true yeah see which i don't get called that if somebody goes oh is that your dad that's a dog yeah what you just call me the dog's dad i'm not the dog's dad her dad is a dog I've never seen it. I, I, you know, I guarantee um, you it's a dog. 
we've we've spent some time talking about sort of you know close friends and uh, and grufties and uh, this sort of leads me clumsily through segue to um a person who doesn't appear i'm gonna say this confidently doesn't appear to have too many like best friend like does boris johnson have best friends yes really they're all called like <laughs> they're all called like mifty and blotsam i don't know yeah, if he does like he i've does. never heard anything about him being like super chummy like bezzy buds he... but who who's david cameron's well i think him and george george osborne were actually pretty close weren't they yeah, but we it just you don't know do you? <laughs> Don't have we? We all have to go politics anyway. We've got to. David Cameron was very close with Rebecca Brooks and her husband Charlie. What's his name again? I can't remember his surname. But they were. I don't know. They were all pretty chummy. (laughs) Rebecca Brooks. She must. Must just every day. She. I think she now uses Piers Morgan as a swear word because he didn't get done for hacking. Because he should have gone down. Almost definitely him going, what? No, I didn't know anything about it. Did you not? Uh, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Boris Johnson's bad week because I'm, I'm itching to get this off my chest mm-hmm. and, um, and it has been a hell of a stick. I mean, we all have bad weeks. I've had a, a, a few of them dotted throughout my life, but I don't think I've ever had a, a situation where let's just, let's reel through some of the fucking greatest hits of the last seven days. So yeah, yeah. Monday, there's the hangover from the corruption scandals, like the last 14 days of headlines, basically about all of the uh, uh, the Tory corruption, the lobbying. And some added, I think, by Monday. I think we've got yeah. new names, haven't we? Yeah, so there was, well. well, originally it was Jeffrey Cox, wasn't it? And then, uh, well, originally it was Patterson, then it yeah. was Jeffrey Cox, and then there was this sort of like... Yeah. Uh, I sp- uh, Michael Gove, yeah, just one yeah. after the other, basically. Uh, so then Tuesday, uh, as a result of his his nod of approval when like signing it off uh jacob reese mogg was being pressured to resign over the leadson bill and then uh, tuesday night labor were leading in the polls <laughs> then wednesday pmqs boris johnson is referred to as a disgrace by ian dale who's a you know prominent right-wing uh lbc journalist but also is very big on twitter uh johnson gets told to sit down by the speaker of the house then after pmqs he's got the select committee in which tobias elwood who's one of these sort of maybe slightly more moderate conservatives uh tobias elwood gives him a fucking mm-hmm. mauling <laughs> it's like so they're both tories but this guy's just had enough of him he's just like what like what the fuck are you doing he's got he got he got you know when boris gets stuck with because he's got People do need to get into their heads that nothing that comes out of his face during something like that hasn't been written. Like everything's been written. And he was clearly told to say the word mistake, but not say the word sorry. Yes. So he ends up in this weird position where he said mistake like 70 times. Ah, Well, uh, 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 I would deny uh, there's been a mistake, Uh, but uh, we've moved forward. Why? And, why? Uh, it's like, <laughs> just say sorry. And then he just said, mistake, mistake, mistake. Why is it that they okay. can't bring themselves to say sorry? Is it a sort of like legal makes you kind of culpable thing? He's, it, it's his, he's been, because what you see, so when you, I always think of Boris, when he's, when he's got the script, I, I honestly do believe Boris is a lot more stupid than people realise. 
when he's got the script, what you get is um, Kermit the Frog. You know, it's not easy uh, being green. He didn't. He doesn't know who the fuck Kermit the Frog is at all. He'd never seen that piece of paper until it was in front of him. Didn't know yeah, that. I can see you that. get the. Uh, you get the. Uh, I, I paint. Uh, what do you paint? The pictures. Uh, buses. What that actually was was he forgot the line. Right. So he was actually supposed to say, "I, I make models of buses," but he forgot. He had. So he said, "I paint," and then he said, "What do you paint?" And then his brain went, that's not the line. And he went, buses. And it was like, what the fuck? I thought that the... So he doesn't know. So when he gets jammed, you get this fucking nonsense because he doesn't know where to go. The logic from... uh, I thought the logic from the bus uh, interview was that he... If you Google Boris Johnson bus, what's the first fucking thing that comes up is that Brexit bus. Yeah, and he's famous for lying and standing in front of that bus with the £350 million uh, slogan on it. Um, So an easy way of like overwriting that Google result was for him to sit there and say something slightly weird about how he likes to paint buses. Well, he. but but the point is, though, that... (sighs) He's got the questions before the thing starts. So the thing is pointless. It's not, if you're not having a conversation with somebody, you're reading a script. He's got the, he's been given this before because of course he has. That's perfectly reasonable. I haven't got a problem with that. But then the answers become pointless. And at that time he was under um, Dom Dom, was telling him what to say and do. So there have been some brilliant moments in Dominic, in um Boris Johnson's career. The, the, things like the that. Um, he's given the line about what he had for dinner last night. What did you have for dinner last night? Steak and uh, oven chips. He's been given the oven before the chips. He doesn't know what the fuck that means, oven chips. It's fucking mental. But he's been told. That, so everything's got this like certain rhythm to it. And then you get really brilliant ones where Dom Dom said, don't get caught on live TV because you're a dipshit and you'll say something stupid. And then he hides in a fridge. That is the that is his brain yeah. going to meltdown because Dom Dom's gone. Whatever happens, you cannot ad lib. You are a dumbass. And he's gone. Uh, no, I I talk about the future. And he's going. No, don't do that. Do not do. This. And then he gets doorstepped and went. Uh, fucking go yeah. to the fridge. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think he's one of these people, and I sort of count myself clumsily in this sort of this bracket, which is where if you put me in front of Microsoft Word or you know my ios notes thing uh i can write what i what i think is a fairly coherent like dare i even say witty like bunch of paragraphs where i'm like i'm up like I, when i used to do stand up i would write three pages of like 10 font and then be guaranteed that i'd be like oh wicked okay i'll cherry pick that bit and cherry pick that like i can i can write coherently and articulately and make it funny but put me on a stage and make me the mc where i have to think on my feet and react to people like in the moment i'm i'm boris johnson i think that we've got ti but then in in the moment because i know i do stage stuff sometimes too i'm the opposite whereas i can go on the fly i'd much prefer to be on the fly though i can see i remember I'd got this line that I wanted to do it up the creek and I was on st- and I knew I'd got this, I'd got this joke and I got this and it, and it all went and it was like, it's really, it was sort of set up punch, set up punch, like all these little ones, but I needed the bomb at the end. Fuck, I haven't got it. And it was really annoying me. And then, and, um, I remember where we were. 
da, da, da. Oh, I'm trying to think where we were. Just outside Greenwich, a really nice cafe that sold fresh dough. And as I got off the bus, the back of my brain gave me the line. And as I stepped off, I shouted it. And, <laughs> and my wife went, what the fuck was that? And I went to the end of a joke. And she went, what? And I went, it doesn't matter. <laughs> And when it, it worked that night, I knew it would as well, but I just didn't, I couldn't get it, couldn't get the end of the line. But I'm much better on, I'm much better MC and with just free, just yeah. just do whatever the fuck it so Is this with a, a long way of you saying that you would not have hidden in the fridge? I definitely wouldn't have hidden in the fridge, no. I can't believe he hid yeah. in the fridge and they won the election. You're like, that is an amazing thing to do. If Jeremy Corbyn had hit in the fucking fridge. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's ridiculous. You look at it and go, he won this, an election, but he hid in the fridge. This is what Trump wouldn't hide in the fridge. Th- this is what cements my feeling that the British media, uh, it's just not fair any longer for them to say that what they that all they do is they reflect public opinion. They absolutely influence it. And the last two weeks have shown you exactly how much power and influence they yeah. have over the electorate, because it's only since the Daily Mail have started holding the government to account. They're not really holding to they're not holding Boris to account at all. So it's a, it's a fake. I, I don't know. I think they've done a pretty good job of... Uh, look, I'm not a massive Daily Mail fan, but you can't ignore... No, but they haven't. The amount of times they don't. So so take today. Today is a really good example in the papers, because you know I do like a rundown of the papers every day now. So today was a great example. So the Leeds-Manchester HS2 branch had been cut Right, which is fucking mental. It was on the front of every lefty paper. It was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Eat, level up, level up all this shit. We're talking about two major cities. We're talking about a, a multi-billion pound investment between Leeds mm. and, uh, and Manchester. Gone. And the spin doctors in the Tories said, or clearly said to Grant Schnapps and Boris, when they went, when, they, when the budgeting team went, fucking forget it. Uh, and they were like, ah, Boris went, how are we going to sell this? And they went, ah, say it like it's right. a good thing. And they were like, who the fuck is going to fall for that? And they went, they're dumb as shit. And the Grant Straps came out and was like, good news. We're getting rid of the, the Leeds Manchester branch line of HST. I'm surprised. That sounds like bad news, but it isn't. Yeah. I said like, it I'm in surprised a happy they way. didn't find some way <laughs> to turn it into a culture war thing. Like, you know, to like say, say that the it was originally fund going to be funded by in in euros, but you don't think that's the way forward for Brit- like British British infrastructure jobs should be funded in ster- good great British sterling, and then everyone would have been like, yeah, do you know what? Like even the guys who were contracted in to work on it, who were looking forward to that ninety k a year role to work on HS two, would have been like. Yeah, do you know what? I voted Tory and I love Brexit. And uh, yeah, well, them's the breaks, you know. We've got, and then the other one, the other staring admission, right, which was crazy. So a lot of the right wing papers today went with look at the state of fucking Europe. <laughs> COVID, mental. Well, no, no, like on Tuesday or something, they said oh, there's been 40,000 cases of COVID in Germany today. We've been doing that for weeks. What the fuck? You don't give a shit. Yeah. But they do it one day. Mental. They're going to kill everybody. And we, only the independent pointed it out, that we're all, the, the everybody's, Boris did a thing the other day where he said, uh, uh, Europe are really struggling at the moment. But at no point did anyone go, <clears throat> let's shut the door. <clears throat> do you know, it's just, let, do you remember what happened last? <laughs> like, <laughs> pretties there going, 
I think they could drown a migrant. No, no, just just shut. Say let, let's not let them in anymore. I clicked because I was wanted to keep it up to date, so I double checked the red list on the on the on the government website, and it said the red list is currently empty. Oh, yeah. Is it? Is it? Yeah. I mean, is it? But this all, all it all kind of goes back to the like British exceptionalism thing. It's like when we have forty thousand cases a day or two hundred deaths a day. Uh, then it's seen as like, well, you know, we've all got to get back to normal somehow. You know, we can't carry on. Yeah, got to get through this. And then when Germany get like 200 deaths a day or 40,000 cases, then it's like, oh, look at the state of Germany. Bro, I'm so glad I live in Blighty. It's like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? They're really, really weird. Like Austria today have said that they're going to make it compulsory. They do. They go into a lockdown and they're making it compulsory to have a vaccination. And they put, and it said. First pace in in Europe with new draconian law. They're trying to say to people, if you're too thick to make this decision yourself, we're going to take it away. And I get that. I have bored shit. Yeah, I mean, let's just get this done. It's pointless. It's just ridiculous. We're as you said, though, we're eighteen. No more than that now. Twenty months in or something, and we're still going. No, it is pretty dangerous. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't think it is. What we're, what we're doing is we're sort of we're allowing people to uh, to to make a really important call based on their conjecture, which in any other decade or era would probably be all right. Like if this was like 1913 or something, you'd probably broadly trust what came through like the Daily Telegraph of that day or like, you know, the yeah, King's yeah. Messenger That's... or something. But because people have adapted and evolved to getting their news from different sources and because the the legacy media is so divided uh, and people are so tribal um, and to to some extent, there's a there's a layer of Americana to this, like with anti-vax and stuff. I feel like, yeah, yeah, like well, yeah. then they're, they're not getting on board with vaccines over stateside. Like, are we the idiots by getting on board with that? Like, maybe we'll be like America, you know? But don't you find that? I mean, this this kind of shifts on. I was I cannot get this in a video. I think you are the man to do this. Oh, actually, Aid, here you go. This is yeah. the jump off point. I think you could do it, but better than me, definitely. <laughs> I was trying to think of a way to simply put it that the rich need the poor, and the poor don't need the rich. Right? That was that was the concept, and the concept is about credit. Like, why can I go on Amazon? and buy something on oh, 27.7 APR, right? Even though my, I'm, this is, I'm fake, I'm Joe on the street now. I've got bad credit, but I can go and get, I can go on to a website and it will say, why don't you pay this in 18 monthly payments of 17 pounds instead? It's only 32.2% APR. We're playing fast and loose with the word only, but what do you care? You can't yeah, get it you're, otherwise. You're you get, click. Take care, yeah. <laughs> it's trying to get people to understand where that 32.2% actually goes, which is rich people. Like, they need you to do that. You are you are the interest on yes. that person's bank account. You are you are supplementing fuckers' money. Like, if you stop borrowing, like, if you don't go to DFS, don't go... I went to go buy a car the other year. We, we bought it. The chap selling the car said um i was just i was kind of something was taking a while and so i was like do you get do you sell a lot of cars on credit i was bored and he said oh yes yeah, i sold full focus yesterday and i went oh uh 
And I said, do you get any of that? We, you know, like you can buy any car you want dot co dot uk and he went yeah this woman came in with a form and it was a four thousand pound four focus and he says you know i'd added a little bit to negotiate off as you do and in the end it was going to cost her seven thousand eight hundred or something and he went okay you ready to sign it and she went you really want the car and she went yeah and then she went to go sign and he went put his hand where she was supposed to sign and went really yeah, this is going to cost you seven thousand eight hundred pound over X years. He went, but then with yeah, with and he went, like okay, cars is an interesting one because like so we've we've leased our car, and I to be honest, I just wanted to buy something outright. I was like, let's just buy something so we have it, and then it's just there, and then we have more like liquid cash month on month. But my girlfriend was like, if you buy a second-hand car it's just going to end up with like problems you're gonna to have to get like the axle fixed then we won't have a car for a week and we've got two kids so you want something reliable and then have the maintenance rolled up in the payment and and i'm still a little bit like oh shouldn't we have just bought like then we would have had an extra like 400 quid a month to play with and and but then when you actually work it out at the end of the lease period you but it basically kind of comes out even like the money that you spent all rolled up in in the thing like you've spent like 15 grand or something and you could have bought a car for 15 grand but it's like well why then then if you mm. bought the car for 15 grand at the end of the four-year period that you would have leased a car for the car is fucking like worthless so then you it, you know we drive into the ground but then you that's how it works we get a car and then we drive into the ground and then we sell it for like but, tuppence so and then i get another car i get again. that but it's like if you're doing that, if you if you're spending fifteen grand every four years, I think then you may as well just fucking lease a car and then you get a nice new maintained car. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I think there's that's that that's a I think there's arguments ways in that in those terms. But no one should be paying eight thousand pound for a three thousand pound car. Yeah. And then and then and I always felt. I think somebody should wander around. Somebody our age should wander around DFS on a Saturday or Sunday, and you know when somebody's sitting there with the with that smarmy twat in a cheap suit, going, "Yeah, and uh, actually, if you get the poof and you get the protection spray, I could probably do it for about twelve yeah. grand." You want to sit down with them and go, "Look, guys, just look at me. You don't know me for shit, but let me just tell you, no one gives a fuck about your sofa. No one will ever give a fuck about your sofa. Right? Yeah, He's fucking yeah. lying. Go and get a sofa." the charity shop for 50 quid and fuck this guy no one cares and then go to curry's and do exactly the same in the tv bit and the guys go yeah well this one is uh two thousand pounds but if you take the uh curry's uh special deal we could do that for 110 pounds uh every month for the rest of your life uh it's gonna cost you about <laughs> about four and a half thousand pound for a two for a thousand pound telly and you just want to go no one will ever give a fuck just buy a tv for 50 quid put it up yeah Okay. No, I I get that, and and I do think there's there's this. There, I don't know when it came in. I I suspect it came in about ninety in the late nineties. Was this sort of? I, I'm basing that purely on the fact that that's yeah, when I first fair. walked into like Dixon's or Curry's, but it could have existed beforehand. But uh, from my memory, it came in around like late nineties, where people, you would go into Curry's, right, and you say, "I want to buy this uh, uh, iMac, or I want to buy this typewriter, or or and then later phones," and they would say. Yeah, and if you get the Curry's like insurance warranty thingy, then then we'd do it for this extra. And the reason that they do that, as you've alluded to, is that then it's an extra monthly payment that you're making to them. Uh, and it's the same with the fucking uh, uh, 
and they could sell it. But the thing is, the other thing is, it's like, I think it should be an educational movie. Everybody should go and watch The Big Short. Have you ever seen The Big Short? Great movie, yeah. It talks about the mortgage thing. Great movie. But not only that, it tell, it explains perfectly what that extra bit is. Mm. You know, the extra percentage bit. That's the worth. That's the worth, right? That debt, because it is a debt, can be optioned and sold. It exists. It's a thing. It's like all these fuckers in the last year, they said that so many people have got in trouble with stuff like hot tubs and shit on lockdown where they've gone out and bought a... They were bored, so they spent £25,000 on a fucking hot tub. I'm going to put it in the garden. And they're paying it off bit by bit. Mm. And all that shit is optioned. There's all these bonds made up of all these bits of shit. But they're all bits of shit. But they're all people who are on the poverty line. People have got no money at all. They've got no credit. I've got mates with over 30,000 in debt on shit. Like, total shit no one would ever care about. You kind of go around the house, they're like, have yeah. you seen the TV? Yeah. Oh, it's massive. Yeah. 80 inch. Why? Why the fuck have you got that telly? I, shit, I have dude. some sympathy with people who do go down... The, the like the APR the you know the eighteen month pay. Uh, no, I agree. I, it isn't their fault. It is yeah. the it is the seller. Like I, I hate them. I remember when I was uh, I must have been about nineteen or twenty, and I bought two things on finance. Uh, the first one was my camcorder. I got this video cam, uh, and then the second thing was an iMac, which is why I, I wheeled it out in a, a second ago as the example, um, and. Both of those things I got as a sort of, I suppose, a sort of investment because my friend had a Mac. Uh, it might have been too early for a G4 or whatever it was, but he had always had Macs and he went on and on about how great they were for uh, for editing and like learning, you know, sort of multimedia software. And I was like big into music and I'd love to learn how to edit video and all that shit. So for me, like getting an iMac was that would be a dream, but there was no fucking way I could ever go to my mum and say please can i borrow like three thousand pounds to buy this like state-of-the-art piece yeah. of kit yeah i'm not saying i haven't done it but you're not but you didn't do it now like i i i bought totally seriously uh my housemates got married to each other uh, she was pregnant they got married she um I bought them their wedding rings on my credit card. I was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Put it in my credit card. Uh, and so I did that, you know, and had like so much shit uh, on this credit card. And um, and it bit me in the ass, mm. you know, fucking um, letters and shit and people oh, wanting my uh, money. Yeah, it's, it's a fucking a downhill road to chaos and depression when you when you sign on that dotted line and say, yeah. I will get the iMac and I know that it's valued at like £1,900, but over the next 48 months, I like the total value of what I'm going to pay back is like 5300 Like, And you know it like... And it'll be worth 30 yeah, quid. But you, you, you tell yourself as you're signing on this line as a sort of, you know, broke 19-year-old kid or, or however old you are when you're, you're signing on this shit to try and invest in your future or, or even just to get a fucking hot tub whatever uh you know it like you could i i remember getting that feeling as i was signing going like should i be signing this i don't know if i should be but i really want that camcorder maybe i could make a film with it and then pay oh, it all back i'm really <laughs> I'm, I'm slightly paranoid about our um 
about the audio because last week I felt so bad. Like my guest last week was uh, Alex Keevil from the Microdance, and we were talking. We were having a really good chat about um, about the the struggles and the frustrations in the music industry that he and his band have have come up against, and uh, and it was really it was a, a great chat. And then the next day I watched the video of it back, and it like the it was ever so slightly out of sync and there were parts where like he would say something, but I had already reacted to it in the audit, like sort of oh, a second right. or two seconds before. So it was all really kind of a bit, a little bit fucked. And I've, I think I'm just going to have to do a lot of dry runs, a lot of practicing on the, uh, on the setup of this to make sure that it's, it's perfect because I've got a horrible feeling that it's, um, it's similar. Although Benny's saying that the audio is all good with YouTube. So that's something that's good. So it doesn't slip later. Yeah. Um, so let's let's just go back to. Uh, I feel like as as we always do, we've done three of these together now, John, and we always go off piece. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Because we're both we're chatters, you and I. Um, yes, it is. Uh, but we were talking about Boris's bad week. So, um, oh yeah. So PMQs. He was told that he was a disgrace, uh, and he was told to sit down by the Speaker of the House. And then there was a select committee. I think I mentioned that. On Thursday, Tory MPs were forbidden from discussing his appearance in front of the Conservative 1922 committee. So this is where Theresa May was hauled in front of the, the 22 committee when her uh, premiership was going south. And now this has happened to Boris Johnson also, uh, except when Theresa May went in front of the 1922 committee, um, there were no uh, uh, there was no prohibition of like talking about it. With this, it's like you can't fucking talk to the don't talk to journalists about what you just saw. It's like it's really like it's. I would say it's like the Barbara Streisand effect of politics. It's sort of like don't come and film at my house, and then because she said don't come and film at my house, everyone comes and films her fucking house. So now everyone's talking about how he's you know. Yeah, I kind of I don't see. I don't see them going for uh, no confidence. And I don't see them pushing him out because people who voted for Boris, a lot of them are fans of Boris Johnson and they are fucked. If he goes with, with two, two years, eight months off an election, mm. they, they, they will be, if, if he was to go, the public will demand another election. Uh, they all hell will break loose. There's nobody to cover this. If you put, say, who were the, the, the front runner previously was Dominic Raab, who's obviously sort of gone, really, effectively. So a few people have mentioned uh, Little Sunak, but he has not got, he isn't going to be the prime minister. I think the Tory um, party are too uh, racist to progress somebody like no, Sunak, Pretty Patel, Patel, exactly the same. Or Sharma. Or cleverly, yeah, yeah. I think they're not gonna they're not gonna stand for that. So I don't see where they are without Boris. I think they're gone. So they're gonna put up with whatever the fuck he does because they've got no choice. I think you're right. I think there is a lot of uh, Tory success and Tory identity that is wrapped up in Boris Johnson's personality at the moment, and it's 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 all rooted in the promise that he had or promised that he showed when he was um uh you know guesting on have i got news for you and uh heckling theresa may i don't know if you remember when she was saying she was asked in an interview what the worst thing that she ever did was and she said something about like running through cornfields that she wasn't supposed to be in uh and then the next day wheat, wheat fields, fields yeah. right and the next day he 
like ran through some wheat fields you know sort of like theatrically kind of mocking her like trolling her is probably a better word for it um and and so people like buy into this sort of you know this japery and this this court jester sort of character but the problem is and i think ian dunt mentioned this in one of his articles uh he said at, at some point and this is going back you know a year or two now he said at some point the laughter will just stop and people will be fed up of what but he brings if that happens i mean <clears throat> i've tried to explain the maths of the last election to tories a lot and honestly i don't know why they try to argue with it it's such an odd mm. thing so Boris got 1.2% more of the share of the vote than May did in her go against Corbyn. 1.2%. Yeah. And, and so when you call it a Tory landslide, it's ridiculous. It's not at all. What happened was first past the post. And what helped them with first past the post was the Brexit party, who didn't run against Tory candidates. So you, Boris needs another party like that in, if, if they were to go to general election again, he has to have another party like that, or you're going to end up with a near-hung parliament, which is what May had. If he goes under this shitstick this kind of moment and people kind of stop finding the court jester funny, the landslide the other way will be massive because people will be voting not for Labour, but, but against the Tories. Because suddenly it'll be the emperor's new clothes. Suddenly a kid's gone, he's naked, right? And they'll go, fucking hell, they're all public schoolboy twats. And they will not be doing that. They won't vote for this all. So or Starmer could win by default by not being Boris Johnson, which is amazing. Which I don't even necessarily have a problem with. Like, I know everybody says like, the, the, the cliche that people wheel out in the comments sections and, and against my tweets is that... They say, well, Starmer has to create an identity and, and a public perception of Labour where it is not just, oh, we're sick of the Tories. He has to get people excited about Labour and, and rebrand Labour and make people really G'd up about voting <laughs> Labour. Biden didn't bother, did he? Biden went, he won under I'm not Donald Trump. Exactly. Uh, and and for me, I think it's 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 an easily dismissible retort purely on the basis that if you ask 90 percent of these motherfuckers why they voted tory then they'll say like well couldn't couldn't bring myself to vote labor like <laughs> it's just yeah. that they're not labor I, I laughed at boris johnson once yeah so uh, yeah, i laughed at thrush once it don't mean i want it <laughs> right yeah it's like but it's 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 the this sort of this paradoxical uh position of like i won't I only voted Tory because I don't like Labour. So I have to, so but then if you switch it round, why did why wouldn't you vote for Labour? Well, I can't bring myself to vote for Labour, so I I'll just vote for Tory. Like the two you can't inhabit those same two positions. Um I think this could be it, like it's boiling up for should should Johnson fuck up and go. We could lose some of the Tory seats in the South that have been there for like 50 years. So it'd be brilliant. It really would be great. I mean, well, I live in a really agricultural area and we've always had a Tory. It's just ridiculous. It's so weird. They don't even bother coming out because they didn't, they didn't win for any other reason than they're a Tory. So they don't come out because they'll only make it worse. Mm. If anybody actually realises they're a cock, they'll be gone. So you never see them. Yeah. I mean, 
I so I live in a town that is also a, a Tory stronghold, and uh, I think the last time it flipped, it did flip Labour um, back in '97. I think I'm. I don't think I'm talking out my ass there. Uh, the Lib Dems cannot. They won't do any. Do anything. Well, They're, it's ridiculous. I don't know who the fuck he is. Yeah, so I agree. I don't think they've got much of an electoral identity. Uh, certainly not any brand no. that people would run behind. And they are absolutely the the electoral embodiment of a protest vote. Because if you look at places like Maidenhead, and I think it was at Amersham, and there's like a lot of these sort of home count, like this is my sort of, you know, my stomping ground. A lot of these home counties, mm -hmm. conservative Tory ideals, uh, when they do flip, they flip Lib Dem. They don't flip Labour. Yeah, like the Buckinghamshire one recently. But that wasn't really, the Bucks by-election wasn't really what it was painted as afterwards. They won because she won. Sarah Green is a, is a great candidate. She could have been any party, but they wanted Sarah Green because she made it local. Mm. She went, he don't fucking know anything. I'm telling you that that bus station's a pain in the arse and we need to move the pavement and you've got to get the red line, you've got to get the yellow lines there and we don't want dog shit. And that, and they went, oh, fuck me, she's been here. And they voted for her. So she won. That's how they won. And the Lib Dems afterwards went, people want Lib Dems. No, they want Sarah yeah. Green. Get off. Do you, do you think, do you have any hope whatsoever that Labour will actually do the right thing and start working with some of the other opposition parties and be like, right, no, no, it won't no. work with them, no, because because but they're, they're part of it's their problem as well. The Lib Dems manifesto is a piece of shit. The Greens <laughs> manifesto is a joke. So the problem they've got yeah. is that there's nothing to work with, which is why I keep telling people. Somebody said, oh, I'm going to vote for Lib Dem, and I always I, I always do the same joke because it's kind of like. The rule now, if somebody says I'm going to vote Green or Lib Dem, go, don't do that. Look, at least draw a massive cock on your ballot paper, because then at least they're going to get a laugh out of it. If you've just written Lib Dem and they throw it in the bin, that's rubbish. But they'll have a laugh. They'll hold it up and they'll go, look, he's done the veins and there's jizz coming out the end. Look at the balls. Like, that's something. But just to waste it by writing Lib Dem on it, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Because the manifesto is a piece of shit. It's got the first three pages will be whatever they're banging on about now. And then the rest will be a copy and paste of a load of shit they don't know anything about. And they'll do, the Greens will be even worse. And it'll be a here's, joke. Here's a question for you. I'm mm -hmm. really fighting off a burp. And next time it comes up, I'm just going to let it out just to warn you. Go I've done it. one terrible one so Brace far it. on this episode, but there, there might well be another one. Uh, here's a question for you. Would you, and I get asked this quite a lot, and I'll give you my answer afterwards, but would you ever consider getting into local government, like running as an MP yourself? Here, no, because <laughs> I know what it involves here. It's not the same, like, I think everyone, you, it's your own choice. It is a, an, an, it's a lonesome piece of shit and you, I wouldn't have a chance anyway. Even if you got in, you'd just be treated like the kid who shit themselves at school once. It just wouldn't be worth it at all. <laughs> Did you have a kid who shit himself at school? We had a girl who pissed herself in PE. And she was called Pissy Pants Forever. <laughs> I still remember it now. I'm 40. Yeah. She was 14. So, yeah, 26 years ago, she pissed herself. I can still point at her and go, you pissed yourself. And I know exactly where she was. You've just, uh, you just reminded me of like when 
so in my in my little group of friends at school there's this really awkward moment where like I, th- I think we were all talking as as young boys do we were talking about you know oh wouldn't it be cool if you know this happened or wouldn't it be cool if that happened and we talk about girls and we were like you know one of the one of us was saying like oh wouldn't it be cool if like you know she forgot her PE kit or so you know and then then she had to like do PE in her in her pants or something like like schoolboy stuff and then like one of the yeah, guys yeah. in our in our group said like yeah and no, i'd be but like what if what like what wouldn't it be really cool if she like if she if she like if she if she sort of like if she pissed herself <laughs> we were like, what it's a prison what the fuck are you talking about and he's like yeah well they like because then she'd be all like she'd be all wet and she'd be all like, like <laughs> why do you just say like wouldn't it be cool if, if it was raining like why like why did piss pop That's in so your head weird. Would it, would it be cool if she lost her shoes and then she had to wear her bare feet and she had to walk in some chocolate sauce and then oh, get in some sprinkles and then, you know, rub them up and down all over the... Where the fuck? I'm a big... Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, I'm a big fan, huge fan of, like, awkward conversation moments. Oh, yeah, I love it. And I don't want to stop no. them either. You know, you kind of go, carry on. <laughs> like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm not... I, you dig the hole. What? Yeah, like just like treating it yeah. like a fucking entertainment show. Like they say something awkward, and you're just like, "Oh no, please uh, don't let me interrupt you." <laughs> My wife always knows when it's gone peak top. When I go, "What? Did, say exactly what you just said again, and use exactly the same words." Mm. And then she's like, "Oh, John's spoiling for something." And then then they go, "Blah blah 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 blah," and I'm like, "Yeah, no, that is fucking mental." I just wanted to check what he said. <laughs> you fucking deranged twat. He says that. I totally. This is a really true story. I'll do this a very quick John and Ori about yeah. PE. Fucking mental. My friend, do you remember when handcuffs were in? Like in the 1980s or 90s or something like that. Like you could buy them in Poundland and they were like American handcuffs, like real handcuffs, sort of. And you got a key with them. Remember that? Vaguely, yeah, sort of ish. Handcuffs. I don't mean like in a pervert way. Anyway, my mate had some, or like my mate's mate had some handcuffs and he borrowed them. Like, because as you do when you're a kid, oh my God, have you got a knife or like a flick comb? I'll borrow it or whatever. He got this pair of handcuffs and he, Put one on my arm, right? And I went, do it loose, though, because you haven't got the key, because you didn't borrow mm. the key. And he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we were around my house, and in my bedroom when I was a kid, he still had some stuffed toys and stuff. So I was, like, 13, and I still had – I didn't want to play with them. They just existed. He put the, the other handcuff around the head of um, Michelangelo, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuffed toy, and then he clicked the handcuff too far. And we'd got PE that afternoon. I tried to go to a PE lesson with a Michelangelo stuffed turtle <laughs> in a carrier bag that I was holding over looking my like hand. Looking like a fucking psychopath. Well, looking like I was carrying a bag was the idea. And and um, and I just, well, the whole thing was that we could get my mate's dad to get it off later. And I'd just say, I forgot my PE kit. So I went, oh, it's No, I haven't got my PE kit. And he went, uh, well, uh, there's some you get people have left behind, and I've gone. No, no, I don't really. No, I don't really want to wear that. And he went. No, I don't care what you want to do and what we want to do. What's in that bag? And now I'm dead. So I kamikazed, and I went. This is everybody knows the PE teacher's a mental case. And I went, um, sir. And he said, yeah. I went. 
fuck off. And he went, what? And I went, fuck <laughs> off. And then he sent me to the headmaster. So I, I had to go and sit outside the headmaster's office for the afternoon with yeah, my hand. Smart move. In a bag. But I was like, I'm going to pull the pin out of this grenade because I'm fucked. Like, I can't have, I can't be the guy who, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle boy. Yeah. So I'm going to just grenade and myself. And even now, oh, like cool. year, decades later, I would tell you, you made the right decision there. <laughs> it's, it's the perfect decision. Yeah. I'm going to fuck you. There's no way my hand is coming out of this bag. I'll give you, I'll give you my, uh, my, my awkward, awkward comment, awkward story thing where like so i went to edinburgh a few years ago to do my my stand-up thing and uh i went uh with a a friend of mine who's now sadly passed away uh and he and i and this other guy gary knightley was were staying in a flat together and then there was a bunch of other like people who as you'd expect like a bunch of comedians all going up to edinburgh together you do your shows and then after you've done your shows you all hang out and you get smashed and and so on and one night we're in the bar and um and there's this guy who's sort of with a friend of mine like this girl he's he's like a sort of periphery figure and he's sort of joining in on the conversations and stuff and anyway like the girl's talking to another couple of girls and the conversation gets around to like penis size and like one of the girls is saying like how you know have you had a savaloy yet or like and then one of the other girls is like oh have you have you had like a little mushroom yet like they you know mocking penises right and then yeah. but we're talking about like large penises and small penises and so on and then this little guy who i met like two or three times in my fucking life and like we were not like close sort of bezzy buds he just like looks up at me and sort of smiles and he was straight by the way let me just throw that in there and he just looks up at me and smiles and then goes like <laughs> what about you i bet you've got a big dick <laughs> what the, where the fuck has that come from and he's like hey i was like and the next day like it really weirded me out it's like i mean my threshold is quite high for like a saying weird shit i'm you know i've i've literally never said the words that is offensive to me like that's never happened and no. also in terms of weirdness like my threshold that is pretty spectacular yeah but like the next day i went for a coffee with gary knightley and we were hanging out sort of near near the um i want to say the castle but actually i don't think it was a castle i think it was like down the sort of stony like cobblestone hill that's there and anyway, we, we like we sat there, and I told him about it. I said, "Yeah, do you know that guy that was out last night?" And uh, uh, I said, "Like there was this like moment when the girls were talking about penises, like small penis, like small." Like then he he looks up at me and he goes, "Like, bet you've got a big dick, haven't you?" <laughs> and I said, "Like, is he like? Am I just being sensitive, or you know, you might have gathered that this is a common trajectory for me with any conversation where I'm like, am I being sensitive? Am I like self?" am i self-loathing or second guessing myself but like so i said to him i was like am i being weird about this or is that weird and he was like i still remember this he goes yeah i mean look aid i'm a huge fan of like weird moments just like you know you and i are <laughs> he's like yeah, yeah. i'm a huge fan of people being socially awkward but i mean that is incredibly fucking weird <laughs> i was like thank you yes it is isn't it I don't like it though. You know, if you're doing that, you're telling somebody this happened, and they go, oh, "Perfectly reasonable." You're like, "What? No, no, yeah. it's no." 
that's not fine. <clears throat> I used to have an assistant who worked with me. Um, you're going to get this too. <clears throat> There's a moment. This doesn't work when you're talking to a younger man. If I'm talking to like a 28-year-old, this falls on its ass. But I go, right, I promise you there's a moment where everything outside of your relationship is a pain in the ass. And they go, what? And it's like, I promise. I know it sounds really weird, but if like a younger, like 20-year-old is flirting with you, you kind of, you kind of, you might not flirting back, but you might jokingly. But like, if they kind of go too far, you're like, I really just couldn't be asked <laughs> like, it's really complicated the logistics i don't care i just need to fire out a signal to say i am not actually interested this is a joke and they was like Ugh. anyway i had this assistant and um she was one of those people who thought that everybody found her attractive but really just didn't care less <laughs> and she was always um and she was doing this thing uh, one of her friends came in and she was going, what do you think John's like sexual preferences are? Like, what does he do in bed? What do you reckon? I reckon it's quite vanilla. John, is it quite vanilla? And I went, Laura. And she went, yeah. I went, shut up, you cunt. And she went, <laughs> what? And I went, shut up. Just do your fucking work. Honestly, done with the conversation. And she was like, because it was like, it was meant to be like a jokey kind of second. I was like, shut the fuck up. I know what you think this is, but it's really not. It's not alluring. I'm not going, um, I like boobs. I'm like, why? Well, I don't give a shit. I'm 40. I just want to go the fuck to bed. I want to go home, have a drink. And I, I really like my wife. It's very handy because she lives in the same house as me. <laughs> I know what she likes to eat. I'm fine with this. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. There's, there's a certain... There's there's a niceness, there's a, a relaxation to being a bit older and to realising that actually I love it. none of that shit matters and you don't have to care <laughs> about it anymore. <laughs> I love it. I, I really, I like the fact when I see, this is a good TikTok thing to talk about, actually. I've seen recently um, those fucking, fucking guys who make videos and they go, and they go, uh, yeah, I went down a club the other day and like, I was talking to these girls and they're like, give me nothing. Nothing, and then I realised what the thing is. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy, really nice guy. But they don't want that. They want to. They want to rank her. That's what they want. And they're like, do you know who says they're a nice guy? Wankers. <laughs> That's yeah. who says it. Like, and and the idea that you think there's an algorithm to this, to to you know, walk into the thing. And I, I realised I was single when I was about. Uh, last time I was single was I was about 23, sorry. Um, but last time I was single was about 23. And um, I didn't even try. I just couldn't be bothered. Yeah. I was like, John, you coming out of the pool? And I was like, really? Like, if something comes up, <laughs> great. <laughs> if it doesn't, yeah, I'm all right with that. It's fine. And have you tried this? Like, they were like, at the time, the game. Do you remember the book, The Game? It was kind of quite. Yeah, so up I there. haven't read that, but a friend of mine did. I have. I've had friends read it. Read it and yeah. yeah, so I, not to sort of like interject on, on what you were saying, but I've, I've recently started work on this like audio book, God forgive me. But like, it's sort of about, it's like a retrospective of my life when. But like, yeah, like yeah. little funny stories from back in when I was in Maidenhead and uh, and then when I moved to London for the like first time. And uh, and one of the things I've sort of like touched on 
in there is how when you're a young man i don't know if this is true of all young men i suspect it's not but certainly for me when i was younger is when you lack a certain level of self-confidence and you constantly question yourself and and your worth specifically like well not specifically but mostly around the opposite sex you th you start yeah. to believe that there's some sort of code you could crack with it like oh if i had just been there on thursday or if i just said this or if i just said the right words at the right time and it's only actually when you get to like 40 and we talk about this period of yeah, that you yeah this relaxation back. of uh you know realizing that it doesn't matter that you that actually you realize look like first a it doesn't fucking matter but b actually the obsession over it back in the day and this sort of low self-confidence it is actually that's that you're Especially that's your fucking problem like, right there it's like there's this really weird thing about and it's so and it is universal as well and that's things like clothes like when you're in that mindset and you think oh if i'd got that because the fucking world tells you that as well oh you would be oh you would be fucking her right now if you were wearing that shirt and those trousers and those shoes, it would have been completely yeah. different. And like, I, I still kind of have this in my head when you've seen it, like recently, especially when before I got my hair cut, my hair was as long as it was when I, I tell you this, as it was recently, where it was like, oh, my mate, he was recently single, I was recently single, and we were going out, and he knocked on the door. Uh, and that night, because I, I used to spend fucking ages doing my hair, I did fucking do that. My bad. And I opened the door, and I had got the hair shit wax stuff in my hair, and gone, put my fingers in my hair, and done exactly what you've seen, where I've just gone like that. And I opened the door, and he went, "What the fuck is that?" And I went, "I, I just don't care." And he went. <laughs> you we can't you can't leave the house like that and i said i literally don't give a fuck and he went yeah but i said it's just a warning i said if i'm prepared to go out like with my hair like this if you can't put up with that i am not the person for you so i'm just so gonna go out like this and he went yeah but i've got to go out with you and i went no i get you but like just go he's a dickhead and that's fine i, I couldn't care less i give up i don't fucking I care admire, yeah no. i admire the sort of the the self-assured uh, approach but it's not self-assurance it's, it's literally as my wife tells people they'll go people have said to my wife like at a dinner party or something i really i wish i had john's confidence and she goes that's not confidence and they go yeah no really confident she goes no he just doesn't care and they go <laughs> and she goes no no that man doesn't but care isn't that he called a woman a cunt is it, in the middle of Tesco's is the other day. Isn't there, there's a strong overlap there. Like you have the confidence to not care. Whereas I would be like, you know, if I went out, I mean, the irony is that back in the day, I think I was more confident with being a little bit outlandish in like, I'm... but I don't, I see, I don't think there is an overlap because I think the, I don't care is all encompassing because I don't care. I don't care. There's no confidence because the confidence would be that I think other people are thinking what I think, which I don't. I just don't care. <laughs> like I just like I realise it just didn't matter. Like it's so stupid that it, it, it's so totally pointless. It's like the right. Um, this yeah. has come up recently. If you if you are if you are silent, you are complicit mm. in something, and that is just a fact. Whereas I'm quite happy. To say like 
I'll be walking to the to the post office in the village and someone beeps at me and I'll stick my finger up. I'll just <laughs> stick a finger up and they'll go and get the car and I'll go, don't get your car, you can't, or I will end you. And then they go, and shut the door. And somebody like and there'll be like 15 people at the bus stop going, he just said cunt. Right. Yeah. It doesn't make any difference. Nothing has changed. It makes no difference. I don't care. He wasn't going to get out of the car. If he'd have got out of the car, he's, he was a little and he would have got straight <laughs> back in the car or he'd have got back limping. <laughs> I'm not bothered. Fuck off. Yeah, I don't know. Like, do you, yeah. like, as as somebody who doesn't care, right? Here's a, his, we we'll have to wrap this up in a minute. So this is literally my, my final question. Yeah, for yeah. You. I agree, but I agree. as somebody who doesn't care what people think of him, uh, with with any outlandish statements and reactions thereof, can you can you empathise and understand why others, i.e., me, why I would fret and uh, ruminate and why Absolutely. it would like it 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 shakes me like the idea of what people might think of me in certain situations. Like, but but the way I think of it is this, right? What what is the coldest you've ever been? When you've been really really Emotion, cold, emotionally cold to somebody else? No no no, physically. Uh, when I was nineteen, I got incredibly wasted in fabric, and I spent the night in a phone box, and uh, I was, but yeah, I froze my ass off all night. Right, and so 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 so. So what that did though, and it was that that's really really shitty, and you were absolutely freezing. And but what it did was it gave you a rel- a point of relativity in what is cold. Cold is this. And so every time after that you got cold, you were like, like you know when you like sat in the pub garden and you didn't bring a jacket, you were like, I'm quite cold, but I'm not bus stop high as shit sleeping on the floor cold. Yeah. Okay. Right. So so this is my point really. Uh, which is not this is this isn't my haha i'm just telling you so i had a really shitty childhood really 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 dreadful so everything after that is a point of relativity that it isn't as dreadful so whatever happens is not that so i can do anything i want literally anything and i don't care because it can never be that bad i'm not 14 i don't live with my um, stepmother who is a psychopath so, like, there's nothing you're going to do. What are you going to do? So if I stood there and go, kiss my dick, nothing's, they're not going to go, oh, you've got you've got you're, we're going to take you back in time. So I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And my point of relativity, I once had to spend the night on Salisbury Plain in February, and I was the most, this was some army cadet bullshit, and we were supposed to be trying to teach the young'uns how to deal with it. And it was hell on earth. It got to about minus 11. Like, it wasn't funny. It was actually physically dangerous. And we were there. And I'd been awake for 36 hours. And I fell asleep. And I woke up with frost in my hair. And uh, and I remember thinking, <laughs> this is demented. Like, really, really bad. Uh, yeah, that's how. That's it. So, yeah, that, so everything's relative. And. I know what shit is, and so I don't care. I I understand the the idea of, like, right, so you've got a a pivot point or a reference point that you can then look back and say, like, right, well, I know what... You don't even have to. You do it subconsciously. You just do it. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I sort of... I I think back to times I felt really stupid in front of people or times I felt super self-conscious and... Uh, 
But I think that's there are differences there. But I don't like. So if somebody said to me, uh, say it was at an event and somebody said, we've got nothing. Can you just jump on the stage and do 20 minutes of any old bollocks? Mm. Right. I, I would happily, any given day, go, yeah, no worries. Give us the mic and I'll do 20 minutes. If somebody said, <laughs> for a laugh in about five minutes, uh, five of you are going to do the Macarena, I would not do that ever. There's no money yeah. in the world to make me do that. If you said to me, join in with that keep fit class, right, and there's 20 people, you're all doing the same thing. I wouldn't do it ever, ever. I don't, I don't it's just it's alien to me. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Fuck off. So it's not a case of embarrassment because it has, it's, to me, yeah, it has it's no It's interesting, point. isn't it? Because so it's like, doing it. you've got a genre there almost. <laughs> like, so you'll jump on a stage and, and freestyle and, and, and let's mm -hmm. be real, there's a very high risk when you're doing emceeing and like talking you know straight off the bat and that you could look like a tit that a whole room of people might say like oh this guy thinks he's funny and he's fucking shit like you feel like that's that's a horrible feeling yep. i know that feeling very very well uh but there, there's a, that genre of of walking on a stage and then that versus the gym that. or the macarena i never do is like not a gym. I just mean, yeah. I don't mind the gym. I would go. I just wouldn't do a workout yeah. class in front of like no ever. I'd never yeah, do, do that. Do you know what? Look, ever. Like, that's weird. Do. Like maybe we have no. a very similar sort of psychology type in that you know we we're, we're both a bit showy. You know, like we don't we like doing TikTok. We like being on a stage and uh, uh, but at the same time, I would like I like going to the gym. I like lifting weights. Um, but then if it's like sometimes my girlfriend says, like, do you want to go and do like the spin class with me? Or do you want to go and do like the cycle class like this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm there's a part of me that's just like, how do I verbalize this to her that makes it sound like I, it's not that I don't want to do stuff with her. I want to do activities with her, but I fucking don't want to sit in a room where there's like, like, you know, my wife, my wife is so shy. If you said to her, her worst nightmare would be. Could you be my maid of honor and could you do a speech at the reception like she would rather shoot everybody like no problem at all but she'd do a spin class uh what's that dance fucking bullshit yep. yoga whatever well where i would I, I i wouldn't even know the bride yeah and they'd go can you do it and i'd go yeah fuck it i'll give it 10 minutes what's your name again okay no problem at all we'll wing it but i could never have you, done, do a spin have you ever class? done a, a nope. best man speech Yeah, and I, oh, weirdly, my best man speech worked brilliantly, and my groom speech was shit. Like, like I don't know why, but well, I think I was a bit too cocky. Uh, different dynamics, aren't they? So if you look at a best man speech, everyone's looking forward. Mm. This is this is what somebody told me before I was due to go up, yeah, and I was all nervous and you know shitting my tits about whether I was going to die on stage when I'd never done any sort of comedy gig before and, and so on. So people were like, look, mate, people are always looking forward yeah, to the yeah, best man right. speech. That's like the highlight of all the speeches and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Just and, get uh, it done is the big And so when I went up and, and did it, uh, that was like, without sounding like too much of a fucking bellend about it, that was my sort of foray into doing stand-up because I thought like, oh, if I can write a thing... And it's fun and funny, and it felt a little bit like I was. I was doing stories about like how the guy, the groom, used to like phone up my fucking voicemail and pretend to be my mum, like tied up in his basement, 
<laughs> and that's like, really good. And he would like <laughs> really... phone, like leave a leave a voicemail where he's doing like both voices, like his voice and my mum's voice. So he would just be like, "Get away from that phone, you fucking bitch!" And then she'd be like, "Oh my god, oh come quick!" Like, and so I'm like telling his whole, all of his friends and family this stuff, and uh, and it went, really went went down really well. And then I thought like, "Wow, I can actually like." I mean, I know it's I know it's a best man speech. And I know people are looking forward to the best man speech, and it's you know it's a warm crowd and all that yeah. stuff. But it felt like. I could probably do this. This might be fun. I can't even, the weird thing is as well, because as you say, it's written, you can kind of like, I remember writing it out and then thinking, this is a typical me as well, because you've written it out and you may be really quite obsessed. I remember I wrote it out and I'd been like for two weeks. And I get it all right. And then about five minutes before I went for it in a bin the whole thing in the bin i was like oh, i'm just gonna wing it really <laughs> i really did do that as well yeah and it, my, the guy getting but married was my housemate did you and when when you say you threw it all in the bin did you then as you were winging it did you bring I, little... I, I did work from it yeah i did yeah yeah i yeah. worked from the the bit i'd written that yeah apart from the best joke which i'll do the joke that was in the written thing so he was my housemate and one day i got up uh, we both worked and I got up and he was sat on the sofa in his pants and he was supposed to be at work. It was about 9.30 and I didn't start until 10.30. And um, <clears throat> so I got ready, came downstairs and he was just sat in his pants watching TV. And I was like, dude, you're not going to work. And he went, can't. And I went, what do you mean, can't? He's sick. And he went, nah. I went, okay, so why the fuck aren't you going to work? And he went, I uh, washed all my clothes. I went, what do you mean? And he went, I washed all of my clothes. And I went, right? He went, I put them all in, shut the door, press go. I can't do anything for an hour and 10 minutes. Well, it's all the clothes he owned in the world for going around the washing machine, apart from the underpants that he'd got on. That was it. And that, that was the safe joke. Like, Because I was trying to think of safe jokes, because he was quite a ladies' man, the guy got married. So I was being really dicey. Like All the really funny stuff I couldn't do. Because I was like, he is a man whore. <laughs> I couldn't do any of that. He did. I can do it with this, actually. I reckon I can get away with this. This would be my last yeah. bit of John and Ori story. He had the mic like that. Like he, and he had a bit too much to drink. And he went, <clears throat> he went, okay, anyway. I would say, I've said thanks, everybody. Yeah, I've said thanks. Okay, okay. There's my best man, John. He's going to finish me off. Passed it over, and I went that twice. <laughs> and his dad, and his dad, like lost it completely. Like his dad's front row, and he was like proper Suffolk, big lamb chop sideburns, and he was just going oh, 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 for about ten minutes, just laughing at the idea of me wanking off his son. That's a pretty good, pretty good number. Pretty good freestyle. Uh, Right, yeah, I think that's enough of a show. I'm not yeah, going man. to see my wife. All right, well, let's wrap this up. Uh, wrap this up here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us again. And um, yeah, if anyone wants to catch up with John, he's on TikTok. John left of the countryside. Um, I'm going to be Got releasing a new chapter to my audiobook on Tuesday. The audiobook is called Twattastic Super Cunt. Um, and it, as I mentioned earlier on in the podcast, it's about uh, my years in Maidenhead. Lots of funny stories involving sex, drugs, 
um and rock and roll and uh yeah so that'll be out on tuesday and i'll be back next friday hopefully i've got a couple of really interesting guests i'm just waiting to uh, formalize and book in so uh, stay tuned for that um if you wish to stay up to date with um like literally the newest episodes of the podcast then do get onto the patreon it's super cheap and it allows me to continue investing and uh getting uh, all of my tech in order and hopefully getting my my skype in sync uh, for next week um once again thanks very much to me, to my uh guest this week john left at the countryside catch you all next friday cheerio bye now thanks Ed.